Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Better Watch Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick. And I'm Celeste. And as always, we are here to share our love of everything horror. And true crime. Sinister is what we are talking about today from 2012. A little bit of both. You know? What do you mean? A little bit of true crime, a little bit of horror. Oh, yeah. Mm. Two for one action today. (laughs) Whoa. Insert Hannah Montana song. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. But anyway, yes, this was... Requested by a follower, so we thank you for that. Yes. And I've already seen this movie. This is like the third time I've seen it. I already loved it. What were your first thoughts on it? Um, I was a bit scared, not going to lie, but I actually really enjoyed it. I like, And I didn't think I would. Yeah, I reckon the jump scares are really smart and well-placed throughout the whole film. Yeah. And the character of Bagul. Yeah. He's... Uh, I just love him. He's really cool. <laughs> but anyway, yes, this movie was directed by Scott Derrickson. Stars Ethan Hawke. We love Ethan love Hawke. Love Ethan Hawke. How good was he in The Black Phone? Yeah. And The Perch, mm. which could be a Horror Ranks video. Mm. Mm. Get voting. Well, That's probably the, over yeah, by now, isn't it? Yeah, the votes are over by now. <laughs> They'll probably know what we're doing by then. Oh, well. Uh, it also stars Juliet Rylands, Vincent Dion Frio. Think so, yeah. I probably butchered that, and I apologise. And James Ranson, who, if you remember, was Eddie in Chapter Two. It, yeah, yes. So it was released on October twelfth in twenty twelve. Its budget was three million. It grossed just over eighteen million, and it has a runtime of about an hour and forty five minutes. It doesn't feel like that. It's not like it's, a stretch. No, it feels like it was so short, but like. It wasn't rushed. No. Like. No, no, it was well, like. Yeah. Based out. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for, <laughs> I think. Um, so just a short synopsis of this film. Like it follows a struggling true crime writer who's had one hit book and he moves his uh, family into this murder house, but the family doesn't know it's a murder house. Yeah. Sneaky bitch. Yeah. Bad. But, and then, yeah, bad shit happens. Yeah. Basically. Basically <laughs> every horror movie ever. <laughs> so, yeah, why not? We just, let's just get straight into it, I guess. Let's do it. So, the opening scene to this film is like four people in a tree about to be hung. Like, you see a branch fall off that tree and they all get, like, hung up. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. No, it is rough. Like, this whole movie, there's like, it, it's kind of like vacancy with the snuff films. That's what I said. I was like, it's got vacancy vibes with the snuff film. But it's better than vacancy. Yeah. But yeah. we'll get into it. Yeah, <laughs> let's get into it. So, as I said, we are following a family who's just moved into this new house. Allison, who's played by Ethan Hawke, and Tracy, who's played by Juliet Rylance, and their two kids, Trevor and Ashley. Now, as I said, Allison is a true crime writer. He's moved to this house for inspiration for a new novel. And the sheriff isn't really a fan of Allison at first because of an older novel. The, Apparently the, a murderer got away with a little girl's murder. Yeah, and basically he used, like, the motive or, like, got ideas from Allison's book yeah. on how to get away. So we're going to kind of do the same thing as, like, what we did with Winnie the Pooh. We're not going to go through the whole film. Like, because we want you to go see this for yourself. Like, yeah. if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it, please. It, it's so good. Um. So, yeah, we'll 
talk about the tapes. We'll talk about the lead up to when Tracy eventually finds out they are in said murder house and the ending, the ending and the, how Bagul becomes a part of this film. Yeah. So what happens in, I'm struggling for words right now. (laughs) What happens in like when we find the tapes for the first time, it's like Ellison is moving stuff up into the attic and he notices there's this box just there. Yeah. And he's wondering why it was left there. And in it has a projector with eight mil, like super eight films. Yeah. Of like one saying family hangout and a barbecue, pool party, like, and all the years that are on it. Yeah. So he watches them and they're snuff films. They are snuff films, yeah. And, like, every single one starts off with, like, the family, like, playing around together and hanging out. And then you notice in, like, in the middle of these snuff films that, like, something's, like, a bit off. And then it just cuts to, like, the family dying. But with one person missing, it seems like the youngest child in the family is missing. Yeah. So the first tape he sees is the tape that we see at the start of the film, which is called... Family Hanging Out, 2011, which is a year before this all takes place. Yeah. So then he also realises that the tree in the film is the tree in his backyard. That's kind of when we find out that he it's is living in the murder house. Yeah. And I find that to be cool because, like, we know, but, like, I want to know when the family knows. Yeah. And so he's watching the film... And then, yeah, sees this family of four just get hung and he freaks out, stops, like, watching it and is like, I can't watch this anymore. And then I think it might be the next day maybe where he watches the second tape, which is called Barbecue 79. Yeah. And, again, it's another family just hanging out, fishing, doing things by, like, a lake or whatever near their house. And then it cuts to a car being chained up and then the film like zooms in inside the car and you just see family members all together tied up with like gasoline canisters and the car is set alight. Yeah. And then the third tape is called Pool Party 66. And so a family's having a little pool party. Next minute, they're all duct taped to beach chairs. And one by one, they get pulled by a rope into the pool and drown, basically. And while he's watching this tape, he sees someone else in the water. So he, like, zooms in, print screens his computer or whatever to, like, blow up the image. And he's like, what is this? Yeah, this is, like, our first sighting of Bagul. Yeah. And he, as it's described later on in the film, when he gets a video call from... A professor that he is the eater of children. He like manipulates children's minds into like his world to do his bidding, and then he just slowly like takes them, takes them away. Yeah, and it was like this whole like law about Bugul and his story, and it dates back to however when, and mm. it was just it was scary because I was like, I'm pretty sure it's like a real like legend. Yeah, well, Bugul is like it's um, translates into boogeyman. Yeah. So Um, that was fun to find out. (laughs) And then in the fourth tape, it's called Sleepy Time 98. 
and we're just getting walked through a house. We don't see the family hanging out in this one. And then it zooms in on all these different family members laying in their beds with their throat slit. Yeah. And while all of this is happening and he's watching these tapes, his kids are doing some weird shit. Yeah, so Trevor's starting to have night terrors. Yeah, which he's had before, but they're really bad. That's the first, like, real cool jump scare that you get is when I think it's when he's watching either the second or third tape. He hears, like, a noise, so he goes to investigate. Now, this movie is really dark. Yeah. Especially when he's looking around the house at night time. Like, we only see what he sees through his, like, phone on his torch. Yeah. Uh, torch on his phone. <laughs> you knew what I meant. Yes. Hopefully. And, like, he gets to the end of the hallway and there's this box just sitting there. And all of a sudden, Trevor just comes out of it and screams Screaming. like all hell. Yeah, it was that was scary. Yeah, um, this fifth tape though, this is the one that messed me up the most. I think. Yeah, with the family hanging out in their living room, and it's like being um, videotaped from the outside, and then we cut to like someone starting up a lawnmower, oh. and you just bang goes yeah. over the first person, second. I shut my eyes because I knew what was going to be happening and I was like, I don't want to see that. Fittingly called Lawn Work 86. That's the point. Like, the names on these tapes are, like, so fitting for what is happening. Like, family hanging out. Like, come on. And so, yeah, so while Trevor's going through his night terror thing, then the little one, Ashley, she likes to paint. So they let her paint on the walls in this new house and she paints... A picture of the dead family hanging in the tree f- that were living in her house. Yeah. And they get mad at her and Tracy gets mad at Ellison going, you've brought us into this thing. Like, well, actually, what? it wasn't Ashley. It was Trevor. Trevor drew the picture at school. Oh, no. In permanent I'm, marker. Yeah, but that was way before this. Yeah. Ashley. No, Ashley. I don't think Ashley drew that painting. No, I'm getting to it. Oh, with the yeah, jumps. I'm getting to it. Oh, sorry, oh. sorry. Gosh, calm down. Sorry. <laughs> so they see that she's painted it on her wall. Freak out. Then Ellison comes clean of basically. You told me that we that you know I I said we didn't like you know move into a house that was two houses oh. down. Oh, from I know the what murder. you're talking about now. Yeah. I moved us into the house, so Tracy loses her shit because poor Ashley has seen something that she shouldn't have and has drawn this. And she's like, it wasn't me, it was Stephanie. She was the little girl who lived in this house. Yeah, there was a... Ghosty children. I think the second jump scare or like not really jump scare, but like creepy thing that happens when he's looking around the house and he's got that baseball bat with him. Um, All the kids just start popping out of nowhere and he can't see him. Yeah. Or he hasn't seen him yet. No. So because in these tapes is yeah basically every crime that's happened there's a missing child and that's what he's writing the novel about like he's writing it about stephanie and why she's gone missing yeah because it happened a year before he's finding out there's other kids and it's that all are missing connected yeah somehow yeah um and this is where he gets help from the deputy as well yeah because he's like you needed can you dig into these addresses for me and find out their significance and yeah and the Deputy's also a massive fanboy of Ellison. Yeah, which is cute. Yeah. Um, And he basically connects that every family that was murdered lived in the house previously to one of the other victims. And then it was just like this whole spider web of connections. Which, like, after not seeing this film for a while, still blows my mind every time, (laughs) like, you find it out. Like, you're like, oh, 
fuck, that's so sick. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. But then, so once Allison, so he's gone up into the attic because he hears more noises, sees these children up in the attic, and then Bogul's there. So he freaks out, falls down the ladder, and he's yeah. like, we're getting out of here. Yeah. So they move back to their old house. And the deputy's trying to call him and Ellison's trying to figure out what he's going to write this next book on because he obviously can't focus on this Boogle character because it was like ruining his family. Yeah. And the deputy was like, well, you've just like increased the timeline on this serial killer because that's what happens is the family live in a house, they move, then they get killed. And then it just keeps happening and it's just the cycle. So you lived in that house where the previous family got murdered and now you've moved. So you're stuffed, basically. Yeah. yeah, basically. But before we go talking into the ending, I want to talk about like when Tracy finds out about that they're living in the murder house, that scene of them arguing with each other, like it just feels so genuine. Yeah. Like you feel like there are they are a, a couple. couple and like fully arguing. All the performances in this film is are fucking incredible. Yeah. Like so good. They are amazing. Like there is like Nothing really wrong with this film. No. It's just an awesome horror film that, yeah, scares anyone. Like, even the people that are like, oh, horror doesn't really scare me. Like me. I'm like, oh, I've seen so many horror <laughs> films now. Nothing scares the shit out of me. That fucking jump scare with the kids up in the attic, I was on the couch like, oh, no, I know what's coming yeah. and I'm not ready. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> like, oh. And I was cuddling up to you, and like, the, protect me from the scares. And, and you're like, like, I'm scared. <laughs> but Ghoul isn't even, like, a massive part of the film. He's no. He's just there. Yeah. He's like a little background character. Um, Another, like, cool thing, like, jump scary type thing, uh, when he has the photos up on his laptop and we've got, like, this side shot of him. Of and Bagul, you can see yeah. Bagul on the laptop and Bagul moves. Yeah. That was awesome. I was like, I'm sorry, can you go back and make sure I saw what I saw? And you're like, you did. Yeah, you saw what you saw. <laughs> he he moved. Oh, again, going back to the phone call with the professor. And he's like, oh, here's the photos. I'm sorry, it took so long to get back to you. And it's like a scorpion, snake and a dog. dog which Ellison experienced all three. Yeah. So when he first finds the, the first tapes. day. He, there's a scorpion on the ground that he just kills with the crate. Then when he goes into the attic for the first or second time, he lifts up like a box or a book or something and a snake comes out of nowhere. And then when Trevor has his second, second or third night terror. I think terror, it was the second one when he was hiding in the outside, bushes. Yeah. There's a dog and you think it's growling at him, but it's growling at the group of kids that are behind him, which are all the missing kids. Yeah. Like this movie is just so smart. Yeah. I'm getting the chip. Like, no, I'm getting like chills and goosebumps <laughs> right now too. Oh man, I was about to say like, what tape messed you up the most? And I think we can all agree it was lawn work. Yeah, but um, I didn't even see it, and it. Yeah. Ah. Uh, but the tapes get worse. Well, little horror ranks of what tapes bloody <laughs> messed me up the most. Well, the tapes get worse because when they've moved back into their old house, Ellison finds the box again, of tapes, mm. but then there's another little extra package that says extended tapes. I love this reveal when you oh find out that it's the little missing kids that are the ones of, that are behind all the murders. Yeah. Like, so oh, basically... fucking blown. Bagul gets 
them to do his bidding and yeah. you are watching footage of these children killing their families. Yeah. And then they just disappear from the tape. Yeah. Which cuts to little Ashley. I like this. No, I like this. Because, like, the whole movie, you know Bagul's going to take one of the kids and because Trevor's having the night terrors, you're like, oh, it's Trevor. He's going to take Trevor. And then just all of a sudden it flips the script. Um, Oh, yeah, look, I've drawn this painting of Stephanie who used to live here with the four family members hanging. And then you're like, holy fuck. He's not taking Trevor. He's taking Ashley. Yeah. Oh, that line she says before she kills Alison. Oh, my fucking God. So, again, yes, Alison, struggling writer, just doesn't give a fuck about his family, really. Just wants to make another hit novel so he can just quit being a writer. Finds and live out on this money. all the crazy shit's happening. Okay, I'm out of this fucking house. I'm taking you all with me. And then, yeah, Ashley poisons him. Yeah. He gets knocked out. And when he wakes up, she says, don't worry, daddy, I'll make you famous again. Then decapitates him with an axe. And because she likes painting, there is just blood all over the walls in the house with like drawings of like the scorpion and the snake and the dog. And this like symbol. symbol. Yeah, there's a symbol in every um, type. Yeah. Yeah. And then it just finishes with Bugul walking off with the children. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, he's walking off and they Fucking run off. It ends in the... with a jump scare. No, at the end. I. Before that. Yeah, I know. It ends like that, but of course, it's a, I know. It's a modern horror film and we've got a. We weren't there yet. Oh, well, I just got there. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. I'm not jumping ahead. You did. Oh, well. So, like, what parts? Like, what were your favourite parts about the film? Really? I don't know. I think as as horrific as they are, the tapes. And then like after watching them and like, because I went into this thinking it was just like a serial killer. So I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I can get around this. No, but it's just. But then a- I was like, then it's got some supernaturally shit in there. And I was like, oh, all right. And then the tapes, I was like, they're rough. They're rough. And then to find out that it's the kids, my mind was blown. Yeah. And I was flipping out. I was like, what? How? I think, which is going to sound weird from me, Uh I like this film because I read on IMDb in the trivia part that this movie was aiming for a PG-13, like, rating. rating. So when it cuts to, like, the tapes of the throats being slit, like, you just see it through the reflection in Alison's glasses, like, and there's hardly any swearing in the film. Like, he stops himself from saying, fuck. In the argument. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hardly any gore, hardly any swearing, hardly any anything. But because of the content that was in the film, it still got the R rating. Yep. And I think it was better for... I think I like it that it's not a gory film. Yeah, because it doesn't need to be. Because I think if they did more than they did, it would just be over the top. Yeah. And didn't you also say that... Um, it was Ethan Hawke's like real reactions because he hadn't seen the tapes yes. yet either. So be- before they like, so they recorded the tapes, like the the filming of the tapes, the filming of the tapes, and Ethan Hawke hadn't seen them yet. So his reactions were real, apparently, yeah, which I think is very cool. Yeah, I just I just fucking love Ethan Hawke and <laughs> horror films. Like, do more, man. Yeah, I'm probably you're probably in heaps. 
I don't know. I'm not well versed in Ethan Hawke films. Like I've seen, obviously this. I've seen the Black Phone. Black Phone. I've seen The Purge. He was also in Moon Knight. Love that Marvel. show. That was a grouse Marvel show. Yeah, like just do more horror, man. Like he's so good. And it was also cool to learn that he's actually a real writer. Yeah. So he probably felt like at home with this character. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. He was so good at it. <laughs> oh, man. There's just so much to talk about in this film. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm glad someone requested it. So thank you. Yeah. I'd, I'd never even heard of this movie. Ah. Oh, this, um, this was a movie when I was first getting into horror. So, of course, like when you're first getting into horror, all your mates that are into horror, like show you all the fucked up movies. So my first real horror movie was The Strangers which we will cover. It's about like a home invasion. Oh. Yeah. Jump scary as fuck. Great. And I hate it. <laughs> I was like hiding behind a pillow and I was like, oh, no, I, I don't want to see this. And then like another mate was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, you've got to watch Sinister. And yeah, didn't sleep for three <laughs> days, I don't think. I think I fell asleep with my ghoul's face in my dreams. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> I'm so good. But then, obviously, I ventured into, like, the gorier side of horror. So, like, Saw, Badly Human Centipede, I've seen all of those. It's weird with horror. It's so weird, but it's cool. There's, like, all different sides. And, like, when we watched those eight films in the one day to catch up on our end-of-year list, I was like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how, like, you can take one story and just make it a whole different thing. Yeah. Because I studied media. This is something I want to do for a fucking full-time job. This would be awesome, but it's not the way of the world, sadly. <laughs> but um, I, when I was studying media, my teacher told me like this, and like I can see it in movies now. There are only eight real storylines. It's just each movie does it differently. Yeah. So you got like obviously the good versus evil, the romantic comedy of like girl falls in love with the wrong boy, realizes the other boy's a true love, or no, it's too late. Oh, wait, no, they're going to get together. <laughs> like that type of shit. Yeah. And like with horror, you can go from suspense, you can go to just full out gore, you can go whatever. Most, like, that's why I like Child's Play and stuff because it's good versus evil, really. Yeah. It's just awesome. Obviously, some movies take it too far, like Megan is missing and. The house that Jack built. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. We have seen our fair share of disturbing films. Yep. But that's that's why I love this genre so much. Because it's just... <laughs> it's It so goes different. from one extreme to the other and it's just everything's fucking different. Yeah. Oh, and then you get your crazy creature feature. We're not going to do eight-legged freaks, I promise you. No, we're not doing it. I'll cry. Unless it's requested. No. <laughs> no. That's... <laughs> Who wants to see two arachnophobes watch Eight-Legged Freaks? If you guys love me, you won't. Oh, well. I don't know how to drag this out <laughs> any longer. I think I've just gone on a ramble. But, yes, if you haven't seen Sinister, please do yourself a favour. If you have seen it, watch it again. Yes. Great <laughs> film. Uh, uh, well, before we end this podcast, obviously, if you haven't heard the sad news, we are not doing any more oh. first reactions on youtube for the moment for, for the force yeah for the foreseeable future um it's just it's not like a sound issue it's not anything it's just when we show clips it straight away gets claimed and claims are different from strikes like we don't get in trouble but with the claim it means that a large percentage 
of the world population yeah. will not be able to see the video. So, And because we're trying to grow this as big as we can and get it out to as many people as we can, we don't see why black we both have full-time jobs. We have other lives to live. We would rather put out content that we can get out to everybody and focus on other things than putting out content that won't get to anyone, yeah. really. Even though it's the most fun videos to film and edit and stuff. Oh, man, they were but for now, just not going to happen. Yeah, I, uh, well, well, we'll do them when we can, but they're just going to be on our Patreon, which is like... That was the last thing I wanted to do. Like, obviously, if this grew, I would have started Patreon anyway. But, like, I don't want people to pay for to watch our content. I know. That's why we didn't want to do it. But then when the first claim happened on Paranormal Activity... Yeah. And I was like, I'm so proud of this video. Like, I was sobbing. Yeah, you were up, so upset. Like, you put so much effort into the videos. So, I was videos. like, I need, it needs to get out somehow. Let's just start the Patreon now. It's at a dollar because that's the cheapest it would let me do. And yeah. it was even telling me, like, the website was like, don't put it at a dollar. Put it at, like, $5 to start with. And no. I was like, no. No. It's no. like, <laughs> we don't even get to post much on there. Like, I've still got to go back through and get all the, uh, all the two episodes I dropped the C-bomb in. To put them up there. Yeah. But it's more um, just all the uncensored content. Yeah. And, and if we can get things out early. Yeah. it. Look, honestly, when the copyright strike claim for Drag Me to Hell, it took the enjoyment out of doing content yeah. a little bit. Because, like, I loved it. I fucking loved that film. It was so much fun to watch. It was so much fun to, like, react to. And then, like, when it got claimed and we just agreed that, we didn't want to put it out because we hated the video without the clips. Because I tried to watch it without it and I was like, and it makes no sense. Yeah. And, and then we look stupid. It, it's when it goes back to when we had that first comment at the menu reaction where someone said to us, you're doing yourself a disservice by not showing any clips. We didn't know. We didn't know that these videos weren't that enjoyable because we didn't show clips. But we figured out a way to do it. We figured out a way, but every time we show clips now, it's just, no, nah, you can't show that. You can't show that. You can't show that. It's yep. just, it gets hard, but that's okay. We'll try and do the first reactions when we can. Just sadly, for the foreseeable future, they'll be on our Patreon, which you can follow. It's just better watch horror on Patreon. Um, other than that, we'll still have our boo-boo readers coming out. We'll still have uh, horror ranks coming out. Which, yep. that's the next video. I'm pretty sure that's up if I'm looking at our calendar. It is the next one. That's the next one? Yes. Fuck yeah. And, uh, yeah, look, we got some ideas. True crime videos. Who wants those? <laughs> That'd be sweet. We don't really... Well, I need to do more true crime podcasts. It's We've not never really... done a true crime video. No, we haven't done true crime videos, but that's something new. And my um, Does It Sequel idea. I know. That m- might come to YouTube now. But let us know what you would like to see from us because obviously like look i put the i'm sorry i'm going on a ramble right now but i put the um what you call it the polls up on instagram because i want people to have a say i want to put out the content that you want to see it, it's easy for me to be like oh yeah we're going to do phantasm for horror ranks but like if i'm like if no one wants to see that that's no one wants to see point. it it won't do well and then it'll just, it'll just be like well that was a waste of time to do that so like and 
even my mates are telling me like, mate, it's your podcast. You do whatever you want. I'm like, no, that's not the whole point of why I started it. I want to do what people want to see, want to see, want to hear. Like that's the whole reason I started. Sorry for rambling on, but I think that just needed to come out a bit. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sad about it still. Yeah. We're pretty upset. We wanted to show that video so badly, but um, yeah, without clips, we just look like. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, to end on a positive note, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. We we still love doing this. It's been so much fun and we can't wait for what the future holds. But for now, see you all in the next one. You can follow us at Better Watch Horror Odd on Instagram. Twitter is official BWH Pod. TikTok is BWH Pod. Obviously, our YouTube channel, Better Watch Horror. And as I said, Patreon, Better Watch Horror. Are you right, baby? Sorry, I'm just crying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>